0: Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death, and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm delighted you could join us this evening. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. We have several callers on hold, and I've also had several people from all over submit questions online, so we will um, do both this evening, and uh, And let's go ahead and get going. Hi, Dawn. Are you on?
2: Hi. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
2: Good. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, I'm excited you're here. Tell everybody where you're calling from.
2: I'm calling from Birmingham, Alabama.
1: Sweet home. Yes. Sweet home, Alabama. I call this one company, um, on business, and it's so funny. It seems like every time I call them, they're playing that song, sweet you know, Sweet Home Alabama. It's it's <laughs> hilarious. I must be calling them at the same time of day when their music track is on, or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. But anyway, well, do you have a question?
2: I do. I've always wondered if I had a guardian angel or a spirit guide of some sort, and if you could tell me a little bit about them. Sure. Or or that. Entity.
1: Yeah. So, do you ever feel like you're somebody is with you or do you have you ever felt a presence with you?
2: I really have. And um more so when I was a child, but uh-huh. I actually really have.
1: What did you feel or see or sense?
2: Um just just that a situation might not be good for me and then I might need to leave a situation or um or one time I had, as a child, I had a, a, an experience where I was walking down a sidewalk, and this car was driving very slowly behind me, and I got a little bit spooked, and it was it was almost as if somebody was telling me oh, to
1: get home quickly. Uh-huh, so like somebody wanted to kidnap you or something?
2: I don't know. I, I was probably be, uh, probably about 10. And I had been raised not to speak with strangers, but I just remember having a very eerie feeling about this, mm-hmm. and, and I just got out of Dodge.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, that's, that's your intuition, which is spiritual information. It's, as, as my son Jonathan used to say when he was little, he'd say, Mommy, ask the spirits and beyond. So that was the spirits <laughs> and beyond telling you. I get that you could have very easily been kidnapped. That was somebody wow. that was, um, yeah. That's why you were getting that information. But everybody has guardian angels, and they're assigned to us before we're born. I where I see the guardian angels the most are when somebody's having surgery, uh, and I scan them when I'm when they're in the OR being operated on. Or I I invented several surgical devices that are sold around the world and i have been in surgery for 30 some years for business and so sometimes when i was in surgery i would just kind of scan the room and see what was going on but the guardian angel always floats over the head of the anesthesiologist when the person to whom they're assigned or to whom with whom they're you know who they're protecting is on the operating table and and it's really interesting because i see the anesthesia person, either the anesthesiologist or the nurse anesthetist, and there's this big old guardian angel floating over their head. It's a riot. So they're there. And um, and then also I see them when somebody's dying. But I don't just see the guardian angel that's with that person all in their lives. I see lots of angels that are guardian angels. They're the the species of guardian angels. There's cherubs and there are archangels and and different kinds of angels. And so guardian angels don't appear to me as being, I call them big ass angels because they're, they're big. They're between six and seven feet tall. How they appear to me is how I was raised that they look, which is they're all in a white gown. They have these big old wings. They, um, They have hair down to their shoulders. They all look the same to me. They all look like Stepford angels, you know, like Stepford wives. Oh, wow. All look the same. Um, They all look the same to me. Now, does that mean that's how they really look? Not necessarily. That means that's how I see them because that's how I picture them in my mind based on lots of paintings, old masters paintings and pictures of angels. That's how I picture an angel? you may picture it differently. Um, What's your picture of an angel when you think of one?
2: You know, more like a light. Okay. Uh, An orb or a light Mm -hmm. near me. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I I couldn't give it a figure because I really don't have a figure in mind. So more like a powerful light.
1: Well, you're interpretation is probably way more accurate than mine it's just how they show up to me so I can identify who they are okay and then by the way we get additional angels that come into our lives at different times our guardian angel is with us through our whole lifetime and then there are other angels that come in and out during our lifetime depending on what's going on the same with spirit guides they come, uh, we normally have a spirit guide that can be with us for most of our lifetime, but sometimes they take a backseat to another spirit guide, depending on what's going on uh, in our lives at any given time. So Are they sort of like experts? Yes, exactly. They're advisors. They're experts. They speak to you in your head, and like you got the, the I call it a hit, you got the notion or the... The information to hurry home because you could tell you could sense there was danger there that's your spirit guide giving you information, your guardian angel giving you information it's the spirits and beyond it's kind of a soup of all kinds of spiritual beings, and that information when we we all have had instances where we will have a thought and we don't follow it, and it ends up that we should have followed it. I mean, every one of us can come up with a with something that happened in our lifetimes like that. And, um, and this is that case, too. Even when you were a child, you were smart enough to follow it. How many times have you heard somebody on the news say, I just had this bad feeling about getting on that plane, and I didn't or there was an accident on the freeway, and I was rushing. And then I just thought, Oh, I'm not going to rush. And then something happened to the plane. Or, some, you know, there was some, some kind of a situation that they were mm-hmm. able to, the 9-11 situation, we, there are so many stories about people that were getting caught in traffic, people that were sick, whatever, that were supposed to be in the Twin Towers that day, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, when I hear stories like that, I think, mm, it's going to be interesting to see what your life is, because obviously there's a plan for what you're doing. As far as your spirit guide right now, let me get you on my radar and I'll, we'll find out who your spirit guide is. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. So I'm connecting to you. There's a laser beam going from my sternum and it's going directionally to hook into you. Okay. Got you. All right. Um, it's a, it's a man, your spirit guide's a man. He kind of looks like father time. He looks like uh, Gandalf in the Lord of the Flo- Lord of the Rings movie. Did you see oh, wow. that? Yeah. Can you, you picture what I'm talking about? Long white yeah. hair, white beard. He's in a white gown. His name is Nicholas. Let's find out what the scoop is with Nicholas. Uh, and it's interesting because when we talk to spirit guides, oftentimes they'll. They'll communicate with why they're with you at this point in your life. And um, let's see what Nicholas has going on. Patron saint of artists. Okay. Are you, I think of Saint Nicholas as Santa Claus, but this guy's mm-hmm. saying he's like a patron saint of artists. Are you an artist?
2: Well, I try, but I'm not. I'm, I'm probably not where I would like to be, but okay. I enjoy it.
1: Is that yeah. something that you want to do, maybe for a career or just for fun, or both?
2: Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it if I could make a living at it.
1: Okay, <laughs> I all would, right.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, do you have questions for Nicholas?
2: Oh gosh, I guess what's my next step? What do I need to do? Pursuing or doing.
1: He's, the answer is coming through before you even get the question out, and that is get your art out at the, um, he's saying street fairs, but you know how they have little fairs or little sidewalk art shows or, or sometimes they'll have artists at um, like a farmer's market kind of a thing.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And he's saying get a booth and get your art displayed and sell it. And print up business cards and start establishing a name for yourself.
2: Oh wow! Okay,
1: that's kind of a cool idea. Have you thought of that? That
2: is a cool idea. I have a little bit, actually.
1: Okay, are and, there? Uh, are there? I
2: just haven't had enough confidence
1: to do that. Oh, what have so, you? What have you got to you lose? Know. I mean, if you don't sell anything, you're no worse off than you were before you went.
2: True. <laughs> really. <laughs> True. But he's. I guess with, I was afraid people wouldn't like what I created, so.
1: He's saying that people are not only going to like it; they're going to buy it. Wow. And he said, "Price it so that it's affordable." Um, do you have an idea of price range of what what you think um, something should go for?
2: Oh gosh, I think Another it has arts. to do with the hours you put into it and your materials. Um, but I would think something that I would work on would be probably in the sixty dollar range or hundred dollar range. He's
1: saying it. He, he say, he's telling me keep it at fifty or below. Okay. And you know, in sales, it's if you sell a bunch of stuff at a lesser price, sometimes you make more money in the end, anyways. Well,
2: it's easier to sell a million things for a dollar than it is one right. thing for a
1: million dollars. So, that he, makes a lot of sense. Okay, this is abstract. He's saying make it between $17 and $50. Are you, do you make different oh, wow. sizes of art? Do I, I'm sorry, could you repeat do that? You, do you make different sizes of your artwork?
2: Oh, yeah, I do. I, some are really small pieces and then some are larger pieces and okay. more complex.
1: So wow. it sounds like your little ones maybe could be under $20, perhaps, and your bigger ones could be up to 50 Yeah. He's telling oh, that me that so street cool. fairs are not expensive. He said, start small. You want to establish your name. And he said, you'll get commissions from people once you get going with this. Oh, wow. And, he's, and I said, can it be a full-time job? He said, what well, can be serious part-time income. Well that would be nice. Yeah.
2: That yeah.
1: Okay. Other questions?
2: No, I think that's I think that's it. Okay. Um that's a lot to think about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it really is. It is. I agree. So, yeah. Well, he's with you and here's how you talk to him. You ask him a question in your head, and then as soon as you can snap your fingers. The answer's gonna come in on. And that's mm-hmm. him answering you. If you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, that's your brain answering yourself. So the more you practice doing that, ask yourself a question really fast, whatever comes in. You know, you can do this with deceased loved ones, you can do this with deceased pets, you can do this with not even having a conversation with anybody, if you're just asking the universe uh, for a question, is it, and here's how you ask it is it in my best interest to finish the mm-hmm. sentence? And it's the first thing that comes into your head as quick as you can snap your fingers. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll definitely because try that. John, when you ask, should I? Well, whose opinion is should I? Really, when you think about it. And the other thing is, I have found that when you ask, is it in my best interest to, it encompasses a broad brushstroke of lots of possibilities and lots of variables.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So is it in my best interest to turn left at this traffic light? Is it in my best interest to buy this house? Is it in my best interest to display my art in this festival or, or you know, street fair or farmers market or just whatever whatever question and you can ask it about other people as well is it in my mom's best interest too and finish the sentence is it in my boyfriend's best interest too or is it in my you know nephew's best interest too or any any one of those numbers you can um, get information. And the more you do it, on, the faster it's going to come in and the more accurate it's going to be. So test it with stuff that doesn't matter.
2: So it's like a muscle you need to work. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Okay. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it.
2: Okay? Well, thank you so much.
1: You bet. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Enjoy your evening. You too. Take Alrighty. care. Bye bye. Bye. Muted. Okay. i muted. All right. Let's um read a couple of questions that we got in online. The first one is Katie from Kansas City, Kansas, asked, Hi Julie. I'm fascinated by your 12 phases of transition. I found the concept and your graphics incredibly comforting when my father was making his transition last year. You can see the graphics that she's talking about on AskJulieRyan.com. Go to the 12 Phases of Transition tab on AskJulieRyan.com. She goes on to say, I love the idea of his parents and my mother coming to greet him and help him to the other side and his guardian angels carrying him off to heaven. Just last week, we lost our pet dog. It was an incredibly sad experience, and I can't stop thinking about him and missing him. Does something similar happen when an animal dies? Do other animal spirits help a dying animal's transition? Do you have any idea what happens on the other side for pets? Thanks for any illumination you can share about this. Katie. And here's my response. Hi, Katie. What a great question, one I hadn't ever been asked before. When doing an instant replay on my dog's death, By the way, she was also named Katie. I saw her spirit bubble attached to the top of her head, disengage from her body, and be escorted by two dog spirits to heaven. The dog spirits looked like they were the same mix of German Shepherd and Keyshound that Katie was. At first, I thought what I was seeing couldn't be right, so I did instant replays on the dogs my family had when I was a child. They included a white German Shepherd, a Chow Mix, and a Dachshund. Then I did an instant replay on your dog's death. in each case, every dog's spirit was escorted up and to the right, which is heaven, by the two spirit dogs from the same breed. Our white German shepherd, Frosty, was escorted by the spirit of a white German shepherd, and on the other side the spirit of a black and brown German shepherd. so that was wild to me when I saw that and I thought am i am I just imagining this, or am I really seeing this?" And then I went on to say, your dog was escorted by two Heinz 57 mixed dog spirits, and so on. Since I wasn't yet convinced this is what really happens, I asked my spirit guide, Pope Clement VI, for confirmation. He was laughing when he appeared and assured me that what I was seeing was indeed what happens when a dog dies. He went on to tell me upon their death, dogs are escorted by dog spirits through the barrier dividing our reality in heaven clement told me dog spirits exist in a sort of perpetual dog park where they run play and have fun he also mentioned dog spirits can be and usually are in more than one place at a time so they can be in dog heaven and be with us all at the same time please know your beloved late dog is with you in spirit and always will be thanks for your question okay several things first of all as I mentioned, I had never been asked this before. So I thought, gosh, this is a great question and one that affects so many of us who are dog lovers. Secondly, I didn't trust what I saw. So I repeated it several times with different scenarios. And I think this is really important for us when, like what we were just talking about with Dawn, when you get information on something or you get I call it a hit when you get intuition about something what happens is sometimes we mistrust it and so we don't follow it and usually I would say close to 100% of the time when we don't follow it we regret it so if you don't believe it at first when you get something try it in a couple of different scenarios like what I did with the different dogs Next, Pope Clement the Sixth is my spirit guide, and he showed up about oh, seven or eight years ago um, when I was being um, worked on, healed by my teacher and mentor. He just showed up in the room as I was lying on the table, and she was zapping on me, and he showed up in his full Pope outfit, and I asked him, I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Clement. And I said, well, uh, there was a Pope Clement? <laughs> he said, yeah, I was number six. And went on to give me some information about how I'm supposed to share information about what happens when somebody's dying. Well, once I left my teacher's office, I Googled him on my phone, and I learned that Pope Clement VI was in office, he was the Pope, when the bubonic plague was going on in Europe. And it killed off, some people believe, two-thirds of the population of Europe. So he's best known for his prayers for the dead and his prayers for the dying. I can't make this stuff up. It was wild. So he thought it was hilarious that I was questioning what happens when dogs die, and then went on to give me other information. And then lastly on this, the heavenly barrier that I refer to in this um, answer to Katie is something that I see whenever somebody dies and it looks like this brilliant, big, huge wall of white, yellowish light. It has the consistency of a plasma screen and it has a little bit of a rubbery consistency to it. So as I walk through it or as I see somebody go through it, it's like this plasma opens up and we walk through it. But as soon as we walk through it, that plasma is closed off, same thing when we come from the heavenly side back into our reality. So when I talk about the heavenly barrier with katie 's answer that 's what i 'm talking about and uh, and it's it 's really interesting um, whenever I see it again, as I mentioned with dawn that doesn 't mean that that 's what it really looks like. We hear about the pearly gates, and everybody imagines some big, beautiful gold gates with St Peter. They're waiting for us. And maybe that's what it is. How I perceive it is this big, huge wall of brilliant white-yellow light, and uh, it has the consistency of a plasma screen. So that's kind of interesting. We do this show every Thursday night at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. And if you want to join, join us and ask a question, the call-in number is 605 605- 562 3140. The access code is five three three six seven seven. Let me read that again 605 562 3140. Access code five three three six seven seven. If you don't write this down and you want to find out what the call in information is, go to askjulieryan.com on the home page. This phone number and the access code are right at the bottom of the homepage, so it's really easy to find. Also, we record this on Thursday nights, and then the you can download the show, the podcast uh, on Sundays. It's uh, it's available on Sundays. And to download the podcast, the easiest way to do that is, again, go to AskJulieRyan.com. You'll see a tab that says Radio Show Ta- um, Podcast, and there are a whole bunch of ways, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, there are, I think, 30-some ways that you can download this onto your phone or onto your computer. So um, please submit your questions or, or call us, and I'll get them answered. Okay, here's our next question, and it comes from Joan from Courtdale, Pennsylvania, and she said, Hi, Julie. I was diagnosed with high blood pressure this February and put on 20 milligrams of lisinopril I think lisinopril that's phonetically how it looks anyways recently I started taking hawthorn berry extract two or three times a day and also magnesium for the last seven days my pressure came down below 120 over 80 just about every reading twice a day I cut back on my lisinopril to one pill of 10 milligrams a day I also walk two brisk miles each day on a treadmill. I'm not a fan of pills and would like to ultimately get off the one pill. Am I doing the right things? Thank you so much. She's got about five O's there in the so. And here's my response Hi, Joan. Since I'm not a medical doctor, and especially since I'm not your medical doctor, I can't make prescription recommendations. My advice is to continue to consult with your physician about your medications and doses of those medications. Having said all that, I did scan you and your arteries look open to me. Do your best to get your weight down, eat organic produce and grass-fed, free-range, wild-caught protein, and continue to walk. In addition, you may want to check out a new device called the Zona Plus that's intended to lower blood pressure, and Zona is spelled Z-O-N-A. It's based on a technology used to help fighter pilots with G-forces and utilizes isometrics to make positive physical changes in your body that naturally promote healthy blood pressure. The Zona.com website cites at least 22 clinical studies, including ones from the American Heart Association, the Harvard Heart Letter, and the Mayo Clinic Health Letter that all say Zona Plus Therapy can lower blood pressure. The manufacturer claims regular use of their device can result in an average decrease of 10% or more in systolic and diastolic blood pressure. They also say the Zona Plus is safe to use and completely drug-free. So go to Zona, Z-O-N-A dot com, for more information. Thanks for your question. A couple of thoughts about this uh, question. First of all, our bodies have a tremendous capacity to heal themselves. Our bodies want to be healthy. They that's That's our natural state. And we just get in the way with our lifestyles and the toxins in the environment and the toxins in the food supply, et cetera, et cetera. So I give Joan a lot of credit because what she's doing is she's being an an informed patient. She's obviously not wanting to take prescriptions. She wants to be healthy. and um, And Rightfully so. I think prescriptions, whenever you watch one of those prescription ads on TV, most of the commercial is all the side effects. Sometimes it's even death, which I always find interesting. But we have so many resources at our fingertips in this day and age that we all need to be informed patients. We need to be part of the solution. The days of just doing what a doctor tells us to do, I think they're long gone. And I read a statistic recently that said that as a whole, in general, doctors are 60% accurate. It's not an exact science. They call it the practice of medicine for a reason. So how many people do you know, perhaps you yourself, have been to several doctors for some kind of a medical situation, and they all have a different different suggestion and different medications and different um, solutions. So it's our responsibility to be part of our own health and to be part of the solution when we have a medical thing going on. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10 year warranty. At cozyearth.com and use code Julie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with cozy earth bedding. I love them and so will you. Okay, next question. Janet from Corsicana, Texas asked, Hi, Julie. After going through a few very stressful years with my health, I'm hoping it's almost ending. Do you see or feel anything more I should be on the lookout for? Thank you, Janet. And here's my response. Hi, Janet. When I got you on my radar, I saw lots of inflammation and what looked like raw oozing tissue. You know when you, um, as a kid maybe or even as an adult, when you skin your knee and it's kind of, Bleedy, bloody, bleeding, but it's oozing. It's like oozing, um, an oozing wound. This is what the inside of her body looked like. And then I went on to ask, have you been receiving chemotherapy? I often see this condition with chemo patients. What it looked like to me was this oozing tissue, and some of it looked like it almost was forming a scab, over the tissue, you know, when our skin heals when we 've injured it somehow, um, so this is what I see with chemo patients it's like the chemo all the chemicals and stuff that are in the chemo concoction it almost burns um, tissue like radiation does. I definitely see that with radiation but that but that tissue just looks charred to me, like if you burn a piece of chicken or something on the grill. Chemo tissue l- looks like it has a scab forming over it, and this is what Janet's skin looked like, or her tissue internally. Once I got under the inflammation, I saw an energetic thick white cream be applied to your wa- raw tissue. This cream reminds me of the thick Nivea or Nox- Noxzema cream that comes in a jar. You know what I'm talking about? You get a jar, and it's this really thick cream that grandma used to use, but apparently it's really good because I see it used energetically all the time. And I went on to say the cream is an energetic balm that helps wounds quickly heal. I see it used a lot to help heal your body. I suggest taking a thousand milligrams of ester C and 50 milligrams of zinc three times a day. This combination is a potent immune booster. Ester C is a special formula of vitamin C that's easy on the stomach. You can buy it online at Amazon and in stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts. Google vitamin C and zinc for more information on how it enhances the immune system. There's been lots of research done about this dynamic duo over the past 30 years, and it's very effective. I had LASIK surgery on my eyes. Oh, gosh, probably... 16, 17 years ago. And my right eye needed correction again about five years after I had it done. My eyes were corrected for, for being nearsighted. So I needed to see things. I wanted to see things far away without wearing contacts. And I went to the ophthalmologist who originally did the surgery and he said, well, yeah, it needs to be redone. He said, do you take vitamin C? And I said, yeah, every day. And he said, well, that's that's what happened was your eye healed too fast. What happens when they do the LASIK is they put a scar on the eye itself and it changes how the light is refracted. So I thought that was amazing. I've been taking vitamin C and zinc for years. And he said, don't take it for the next three months. We want your eye to heal with a scar on it so that your vision is going to be going to stay corrected. And it has for the past oh, 10, 12 years, something like that. I went on to say, in addition, do your best to eat organic produce and grass fed free range or wild caught protein. I believe you are indeed nearing the end of your health challenges and that you will make a full recovery. Congratulations. Based on what I saw when I scanned Janet, it looks to me like she's really been through a lot. I think um she's probably really suffered with not only whatever her ailment is, but also if in fact she did have chemo, I could tell by the way her tissue looked internally that she's really been through a lot. So I'm delighted for her that she's going to get some relief from that. Okay, next question. Jessica from Tampa asked, Tampa, Florida asked, hi, Julie, my boyfriend lost his dad to cancer on June 29th, 2015, and it's been a very long and hard year for him. He's not someone who talks about his feelings, especially when it comes to his dad, but as the one-year anniversary approaches, I can tell it's been weighing more heavily than usual on him. He's out of town this week for a family vacation to celebrate his dad's life and to spread his ashes. I was hoping this would give him some much-needed closure or some peace of mind, but it seems that it has only made things harder for him. Sometimes I can't find the right words to say to make him feel better or to comfort him, and it makes everything more difficult. We never fight, but the last two weeks he's been on edge, and I'm sure this is the reason for it. I've never really dealt with debt personally or struggled to comfort someone who lost a close family member, but he and I have a very close bond, and I wish I knew what to say or do to help him. If you have any kind of advice for me on how to handle the next couple of weeks, or if you could provide me with some kind of insight on the situation, I would really appreciate it. Thanks, Jessica. And here's my response. Hi, Jessica. Your boyfriend is in, is fortunate to have a loving, thoughtful, and kind girlfriend such as you in his life. Everyone experiences and heals from grief in their own way, and it's hard to know how to best comfort someone in emotional pain. The following are a few suggestions that may help. Number one, show them my 12 phases of transition graphics at AskJulieRyan.com. Go to the 12 phases of transition tab. It's been my experience for more than 20 years that these pictures provide an amazing level of comfort to those who either are in the process of losing a loved one and or as they're grieving afterwards. Second, teach him how to talk with his dad's spirit. Tell him to ask his dad a question in his head. His dad's answer will be the first thing that pops into his head. If it takes more than a couple of seconds, it's his brain talking. Tell him he'll get better with practice. And then third, just be with them. Sometimes grieving people don't need to hear anything from us. They just need to know we're there for them. Most of all, hang in there. Grief lessens with time. Thanks for your question. Having lost both my parents and my beloved grandmother in the past oh, uh, 15 years, I can speak from experience that I felt like I was in a pickle barrel. And it was like my life was going on. And, and at times I almost felt like I was in slow motion when I was dealing with the grief, especially the first one, my grandmother, my mima, died. And that was just traumatic as heck for me. Um, the other ones, not that I loved them any less when my mother and my dad died, but it was easier because I'd been through it once. And so I knew what to expect As far as showing people the 12 phases of transition graphics, I learned how helpful this is. Um, I've learned over the years, and I've been helping people with this for over 20 years, I've learned that just by looking at the graphics where it shows the position of how angels and loved ones' spirits and even pet spirits are positioned as somebody's getting closer and closer to death, it provides tremendous comfort. I have a friend named Tara and her sister-in-law was dying and she called me and she said, can you scan her? Can you help? And I said, absolutely. So I went over to their house and I took a a manila folder with the graphics in it. I printed them off. And I took it over and I just gave it to her husband. And I said, here's what's happening over the next, however long she's still with us. When you, when I'm talking with you, I may refer to she's at phase nine, she's at phase 10, she's at phase whatever. And you can look at these graphics and it'll give you a picture of what's going on and what I'm seeing. Well, the night that she died, Tara called me and she said, she's really near the end. And this is a big Italian family. And she said, I, I'm telling you, there are a hundred people in this house. And she said, when somebody walks in the door, we just hand them your folder. And they look at all the graphics and they see what's going on. And, and it just brings a peace over whoever looks at them. She went on to tell me that she said, this is a boisterous family. And this is so traumatic for everybody that, um, if we didn't have your graphics, this place would be chaos. But since we have your graphics, this whole house with a hundred people in it, big, noisy Italian family, they, everybody's calm. Everybody's peaceful. Everybody's, you know, on the page. So she said, how can I ever thank you for that? That was a great, I think, validation of how much peace these graphics can bring to people. Also, interestingly enough, before I started the show, I got a text from my brother, Jay. And he told me that today he was being led to a bag that was sitting in his office on a shelf or something. And he said he looked in the bag and in the bag was a bunch of pictures of our mother. And in there was a holy card that showed that she died. um, Well, she died in 02. So what's that? 14 years ago today. So I thought that was really extraordinary as well. So um, my, my mother is in heaven and it was 12 years ago today or 14 years ago today that she went to heaven. All right. Next question comes from Denise in Santa Clara, California. And Denise asked, hi, Julie, I've been extremely tired lately and I've been sleeping too much. Do you see any medical issues? Thanks. And here's my response. Hi, Denise. When I scanned you, I saw you had a green tint to your energy field. This usually indicates the presence of environmental toxins. Once I got underneath the green outer layer, I could see lots of inflama- inflammation and, again, a crusty scab-like tissue throughout your body. That's what I saw with the, um, with the chemo patient. The good news is your condition is treatable and won't cause any long-term damage. Now, the difference here is I'm seeing her energy field that looks like this cloud of, you know, the fog that, that athletes run through when they're running out of the dugout at a baseball game or when they're running out of the tunnel at a football game. That's what somebody's energy field looks like, just kind of looks like a cloud of energy. But when I see that it's green, that tells me there's environmental toxins pregnant, present. Um, The crusty scablite tissue in Denise's body, in her tissue internally, again, those chemicals have things that burn tissue. You know, you hear about toxic chemicals causing all kinds of burns on skin, third-degree burns, fourth-degree burns. So it burns the inside of our tissues. So back to my response. Here's what I suggest. Go to the American Academy of Environmental Medicine website, and that's aaemonline.org, so a-a-e-m-o-n-l-i-n-e.org. There you can find a physician in your area who specializes in the treatment and prevention of illnesses like these that are induced by exposure to biological and chemical agents encountered in the air, in our food, and our water. This is a fairly new field, and most doctors don't have the skill sets needed to help you, so you're going to want to find a specialist. You may also want to read the book Medical Medium by Anthony William. In it are details on how to best eliminate environmental toxins and heavy metals, which are part of those toxins, from your body through the use of foods like organic wild blueberries, celery, etc., Anthony's advice resonates with me and I believe it can help you in his book medical medium Anthony William has this list of all these different kinds of foods that can help get heavy metals and toxic chemicals out of our systems that we've either breathed in or eaten in our food supply or or um, has been in our water that we've drunk. Okay, back to my response. In the meantime, do your best to buy organic food and cleaning supplies. And remember to use organic, non-toxic fertilizers and weed preventatives on your lawn and garden to avoid carrying poisons into your home on the bottom of your shoes. Thanks for your question. Hope you feel better soon. Okay, next question. Melda from Danville, California asked, Hi, Julie. My children's father, Robert, has Alzheimer's and lives in a care home. He's unable to speak. My daughter and I went to visit him recently. Did he know we were there, and how was he doing? Thanks, Melda. And here's my response. Hi, Melda. I connected to Robert through you and saw that his spirit is out of his body and is attached to the top of his head in what I call a spirit bubble. Please go to the 12 phases of transition on my site, askjulieryan.com, and look at the graphics. Although Robert isn't dying at the moment, and I have in parentheses, I didn't see the angel and spirit configuration I normally see when someone is dying, it's common for Alzheimer's patients' spirits to be in this position. Since his spirit is out of his body, I'm unable to do a medical scan on him, but I can communicate with him psychically. So I asked him, did he know you guys were visiting him? Did he know you were there? Did he know who you were? And his response was, he absolutely knew who you were and appreciated your coming to see him. He told me he'd like for you to come again. Thanks for your question. Okay, a couple of notes about this. First of all, as I mentioned to Dawn, when we first started the show, angels and um, they're above anesthesia and when somebody's in surgery also when somebody's in surgery and somebody and a patient is under anesthesia it is common for the spirit to separate from the body now they're not dying but it's kind of like remember the cartoon casper the friendly ghost you may have seen it when you were a kid or may i don't know if they still show it they may but casper the friendly ghost would fly around and he was just having fun and that's what i see our spirits do sometimes we do this when we sleep when we dream if you've ever had an experience where you feel like you're falling and it wakes you up with a start that's your spirit coming back into your body it's called um it's called what's it called uh, i'll think of it in a minute anyways we all do it um, oftentimes, when we're uh, under anesthesia, our spirits will separate from our body. Sometimes, when we're in a really tough situation that's emotionally tough, our spirits will separate from our bodies. They stay close by, but they're still separate. And also, I see it a lot with Alzheimer's patients. It's just because their body is here, but their mind is not able to connect with the body, although they understand everything. Also, like patients under anesthesia, it's been long understood that the people who are working in surgery, the doctors and the nurses and the staff, they need to watch what they say because the patient can understand and oftentimes remember what they're saying even when they're under anesthesia. My dear friend Angela had a really long surgery. Um, I'll probably 10 years ago maybe something like that and her spirit she was she was in the recovery room a long time because i think she was in the OR maybe 6 or 7 hours and her spirit was floating around the recovery room and i kept trying to get it back into her body and she was just like a little kid running around having a big time and so finally her mother's spirit was there in the recovery room and she said angela get back in your body and immediately angela's spirit got back into our body. It was hilarious. So um, we all do it. It's no big deal. It's called celestial travel. That's what it's called. And we all do it. And if you want to learn more about it, Google celestial travel, and you'll see that it's a phenomenon that we all experience. Okay, last question. Tara from Plattsburgh, New York asked, Dear Julie, I love listening to you talk about baby energy attaching to the mother, sometimes years before the child comes into her life. I had my first baby seven months ago and feel beyond blessed to have him in my life and would be completely content having one child, but sometimes I wonder if the universe has other plans. Do you see any baby energy surrounding me at this time? Thanks, Tara. And here's my response. Hi, Tara. Looks like your intuition is finely tuned. You absolutely have a baby's energy above your left shoulder, which means there is a good chance you'll be pregnant again. At this moment in time, I get you'll be expecting within a couple of years. Please keep me posted. And thanks for your question. couple of notes about this. A baby's energy will attach to the mother's energy field sometimes years before the child is conceived. We choose our parents. This is so important, and it helps for those people that have tough childhoods and parents that perhaps are not the leave-it-to-beaver parents they'd wish they'd had Once they understand that they chose those parents to learn the life lessons they need to learn, it really helps reduce the sting of whatever they encompassed during their childhood. So this baby's spirit looks like an orb. It looks like, again, what Dawn talked about is what she sees angels as, as an orb. All of us have seen pictures taken where there's an orb in the picture. Those are spirits that are showing up in the camera, especially with digital film these days. I see lots of pictures with orbs. People send me pictures all the time. You know, who's, who are these spirits that are in all of these orbs in this family picture? And then I'll be able to dissect who they are. But that, that orb looks like the ball of light that Glenda the Good Witch flies into Munchkinland as. And then she appears whenever she shows up in The Wizard of Oz. She always shows up as a ball of light. First, as an orb that floats, and that's what the baby's energy field looks like. Also, it's important to note that I see adopted babies' energies attached to the mother's energy field before they're born as well. There was a woman I was scanning several years ago, and I said to her, "Are you pregnant? Are you trying to get pregnant?" There's a baby's there baby's energy on either side of your shoulders. Are you pregnant with twins by any chance? And she burst into tears and I said, what? I thought, oh God, I've offended her. But she said, no, she said, we are going out of the country next week to pick up our our twin babies that we're adopting. They're supposed to be born next Monday or something by cesarean. So that was the first time that I saw adopted babies energies attached to the mother's energy field. And uh, since that time, I've seen that many, many times. And so I think that's just remarkable. And uh, back to Tara from New York. Girl, you better get ready. Hold on to all that baby stuff because you got another one coming. All right. That's all we have time for this evening for questions. But let me go through one more time. We do this Thursdays at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific every Thursday night. It's recorded. So thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you same place, same time next week. Take care. Bye now.
0: Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.